Welcome, savvy investor, to Skyline Views. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, welcome to Skyline Views. I'm here today with Mr. August Biniaz and Ava Benasaki of Canadian Passive Investing. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Thank very you for much. having us. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with introductions. If you could tell us a little bit about who you are, your roles at the company, maybe how it got started, and what you do. No, for sure. Would you like to go? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, let's start. So yeah, my name is Ava, and I got started with the company as investor originator, um, investor relations. My job in the company is to um, pretty much cultivate strong relationships, take care of the investor side of things, and uh, just kind of have a smooth process, making sure everything goes uh, in order from, from as we kind of go forward. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And when I don't get emails, um, when I don't get returned emails, I just send Ava in to uh, get in contact with the person and then the person calls back right away or emails back right away. So, so that's kind of my, my main job. I'm the, the, kind of the relationship girl. Um, he's kind of, the, he's the brains of the operation. So I'll let August, I'll pass the mic to August. Yeah. No, for sure. No, uh, Ava definitely helps in, in uh, other than investor relations as well. I'm, I'm the CEO. Uh, the founder of um, CPI, Canadian Passive Investing, and uh, our group um, assists uh, and educates investors uh, to invest in uh, commercial real estate in the U.S. So uh, this concept of allowing uh, Canadian investors and in certain cases, international investors to be able to invest and take advantage of um, great opportunities that exist within the U.S. real estate market. Very good. Very good. Um, this is a fascinating concept for me. Um, there's, I don't think there's very many companies out there doing what you do. Um, it's a relatively new concept. Can you, can you introduce us to any, I guess, nuances, Canadian investors investing in the U.S.? Um, what, what does that look like as far as relationships go? And is it structured different, differently than it would be? For a U.S. company, um, well, it's, it's structured pretty similar. I'm actually hosting a webinar on September 7th, uh, where I'm having a Canadian and a U.S. securities lawyers on uh, and speaking about the matter. But the structures are pretty similar uh, as far as Canada and the U.S. Um, uh, but what it is is uh, the, the, the main part of the concept is this uh, idea called syndication is bringing investors together, pooling the capital, and purchasing an asset. Uh, with our group being the general partner, being the basically the manager of the project. Um, uh, so uh, this concept in itself, it's, it's, um, it gets confusing at times. Uh, so the education part is very important as we try to explain how it works. And um, limited partnership, general partners, limited partners, um, and uh, the regulations around the ability to be able to invest. Gotcha. What are um, some of the markets that you have been in historically? What are the markets that are most attractive to you now? And if you could tell us a little bit about why. Well, for us, uh, I mean, as far as just Canadian investors in general, uh, the U.S. market as a whole is a great market to be in. Uh, of course, when you talk about um, you know, cross-border regulation, tax laws, securities laws, it makes it difficult uh, but this is the a service that our group provides. 
Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, the, the U.S. is a great place to do business. There's great tax savings like the 1031 exchange, um, uh, over 300 million population, um, a big rental population in the U.S. And also there is a uh, interstate migration happening within the U.S. where um, people are moving out of California and New York and moving to other states. So. Uh, our group just follows the numbers um, and uh, follows the job growth, population growth, um, and uh, states like Texas, Arizona are our top two picks currently. And of course, with COVID and um, uh, uh, the tenant occupation demographics are definitely changing, and our focus is also changing following uh, uh, those items. So that's basically the areas we're in currently. Great. Part of my story is being in the DC area, there was a window of time where it made a lot of sense to do certain investments in DC. And then when the market changed, it was a lot harder to make money. Um, so I was forced to either you know, sit on money, be a little bit more risky, or go to another market where everything, all, all the numbers lined up and made sense. Ava, can you talk a little bit about you know, for the Canadian investor, when you're talking to these people, what makes them approach you guys? Um, and how do you kind of deal with uh, the cold feet of investing in an asset that's so far away? Of course, of course. So I've been a real estate agent now for uh, just about a decade as well. And when we talk, uh, when we're in Canada, when we talk cap rates, when we talk um, return on, on an investment, uh, the numbers are quite low. So when we start discussing uh, return on investment in the U.S., it's very foreign to our investors. So even, even speaking of apartment syndications in the U.S., um, it's very foreign to our investors. So they're, they really start getting um, very interested in, what do you mean these numbers? Um, so that's why people get excited right away. Um, it kind of creates a little bit of a... Uh, a magnet to investors to come to us. They want to learn more. They want to know more. Uh, we're all about educating investors on how the process works. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we, we get investors to come to us because it's so foreign here in Canada. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at potentially Canadian investments. And then you mentioned, hey, by the way, we operate in the U.S. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And the numbers are just exciting to them. So it definitely attracts lots of people our way. It's also the educational platform we have, the Canadian Passive Investing Academy, yeah. where we give lots of great content, just like the webinar that I mentioned, we have it at every first Monday of the month. Um, and it's the ability to be able to invest, as you were speaking yourself, it, uh, for, for people in the U.S., investors in the U.S., who just want to invest in a different state, that in itself gets complicated. Now imagine doing it from a, internationally from a different country. So we offer a service where uh, the investors can invest in the U.S., uh, in great markets and um, and and the, the, the kind of returns that uh, you know we uh, we we, um, we aim for are so high that it, it catches just like Ava mentioned it catches the investors by surprise because they're used to the two percent cap rates um, uh, you know uh, very rarely to have the cash flow component whereas uh, our deals uh, you know in, in most cases offer ten percent just on the cash flow. And then the, the back-end profits are uh, even much higher. So um, it's definitely exciting, definitely exciting. Gotcha. So when I started 
branching out years ago uh, based on the states and markets that met my criteria. Texas was the first place that I went. Um, you mentioned Texas as well as Arizona. Can you discuss a little bit about your criteria and what drew you to those markets? Well, definitely. It was as soon as Elon Musk said he's, he's moving his factory to Texas, we said, that's where we're not. That's um, overhead. <laughs> I mean, Texas in itself, uh, again, um, most people around the world are not very familiar. Texas is a very independent state. state. It's got a bigger economy than the, than, than the country of Canada. It's got a bigger economy than the country of Russia. I mean, that in itself is just insane of, um, the, you know, the, the economy in that, in that state. Um, it's also the Lone Star State. So um, uh, the pledges to the, to the state itself, not to the, not to the union. So, um, uh, and uh, I mean, as far as laws, um, uh, there's just, just, there's just so many different um, pluses when it comes to Texas. Um, uh, the attitude also, the, the you know, attitude of, of, of people, their hospitality. Um, um, the job growth. I mean, you got so many Fortune 500 companies moving to Texas and, and based out of Texas. Um, you know, great jobs. Real estate prices are still great, and rents are decent. Um, so people, you know, people in California are looking at Texas or here in Vancouver, we're pretty close to uh, California prices, and in some cases even higher. So when you look at being able to buy real estate in Texas for a great pr price um, is just, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's too many great things to list about Texas. It's somewhere that we're actually thinking about possibly um, uh, having a uh, part-time home as well eventually. Very good, very good. Um, I know you have relationships with various teams and, and specialists uh, around the U.S., um, what do you, what do you look for in, in these partners that you work with and, um, what, what role do they play as far as, uh, the due diligence and, and things of that nature? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, my background, as Ava mentioned, or both of our backgrounds is in real estate. My background is in, uh, development construction here, construction here in Vancouver. So, um, uh, I have a background in, in, in uh, I have a uh, great background in when it comes to project management and what have you. So um, our goal eventually is to um, to have an office in the state that we, we focus in. Now our, our focus is uh, in the Carolinas, in Arizona, Texas, Florida, but um, eventually we want to have an office uh, hands-on. But our, our plan, uh, as our company is newer, has been this concept of co-syndication, partnering with other groups which are uh, have the track record, have been in the U.S. and haven't been investing in that particular market for a long time. And um, recently, we brought on a um, uh, an advisor to our to our group has joined our team, um, uh, Sam Dubai. And one of his suggestions was to um, um, have an asset manager in each locate in, in each region, so regional asset manager. So that's kind of the um, aside from the coasting vacation process, we are going uh, the route of having an asset manager in each of our um, areas. So we're in discussions with um, asset managers who have great experience, who either help other groups, other syndicators um, acquire assets and underwrite them, or they're, act they're actually part of their own company, which what they're doing. So um, we're going to be having regional asset managers in every region we're going to be working in. Uh, that are going to be with CPI and uh, helping us do underwriting and a due diligence of our projects. Do you dictate the 
the strategies and the criteria by which these properties are managed or what you would like to see happening at least? Exactly. We provide our, um, our criteria. We have a certain criteria. And again, in our educational platform, we discuss about the criteria and why um, uh, we look for certain criteria, certain, um, a certain year of, uh, that the asset was built, uh, the, the value that component existing within the assets we look at, uh, for it to be 100 plus units, um, and uh, the proximity to um, uh, major highways and shopping centers, hospitals. So yeah, we have the certain criteria definitely, and of course the price criteria, um, but um, yeah, for sure. Do investors ever lead with what, what they want to see? Or, and, and do you give them any input? Uh, say if you know an investor says, hey, I want all my tenants to have a 700 credit score or things of that nature. If, if they come with, if criteria, with criteria, do you allow that or do you kind of hold a hard line? Yeah, I think the criteria is not that focused. The criteria for most investors I've dealt with has been about the term, about the minimum investment, and about the type of returns that we've been getting. So, um, and we try to keep our terms at three to five years, um, and um, you know the return on investment. Uh, we try to you know, and again we discuss. Uh, uh, Ava does discuss initially with investors what kind of goals they have for for their investments, their risk tolerance. Um, you know, if they've invested before passively in real estate, because this concept of just passive investing in itself uh, is also foreign to many investors because the idea is if you want to invest in real estate is to buy real estate or manage it yourself or upgrade it yourself, where um, having a team like us assisting investors allows that uh, the, the, the hard work to be uh, given to us while the investor becomes the limited partner and and um, invested in the project. So, so yeah, as far as the criteria hasn't been as far as uh, the, um, uh, the credit scores of the tenants or, or the demographics, it's been more um, high level questions and, and requests as far as minimum investments, uh, the area, why is this an area that you want to be in and the term of the project. Hmm. Ava, have you seen a, a different type of investor approaching you this year, you know, given the, you know, I can imagine a lot of people are on edge with COVID. What do I do with my money? Are you having different people approach you? Um, you know what, we, we try, we do have several different types of people approach us. Um, and when that happens, we kind of just guide them onto what we focus on. We try to have an avatar as a, as an investor that we work mm -hmm. with. Um, so one, once I have a conversation with them regarding what they want, I kind of guide them on how we do things and see if they want to come on board or not. I know healthcare, a lot of people from healthcare have been contacting A lot of doctors, yeah, a lot of doctors, yeah. So we've, it, like I said, we kind of focus on having an avatar on the investor and then we kind of go from there. And most people want to jump on board. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that the healthcare industry has definitely been um, overwhelmed because of uh, COVID, but uh, there's also a lot of people involved in the healthcare business that, um, you know, that have been so busy helping with the situation at hand, and now it's time for them to, you know, maybe they didn't have time on 
investing um, you know their, their income and now they're looking at a different vehicles that exist so um, yeah. a lot of healthcare industry because the, the concept of them giving up them us their money and then sitting, being able to sit back and relax so we do all the hard work is really appealing to these people so um, and, and our group getting paid relative to the performance yes. of their investment so that's another great uh, you know um, um, the great advantage of passively investing in syndications is uh, the syndicator get, you know, makes their money depending on how uh, well the, the project does. So uh, it's a great tool to use. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, how have the conversations changed between now and, and since this time last year, I guess, you know, with the outbreak and everything, how has um, the environment and the, the conversations changed? Definitely. I, I mean, I think initially we, we, we right away stopped in, uh, our acquisitions completely, just watching, seeing what's happening to the market, looking at the rent rolls collected. Um, on most markets that we were we were looking at, all the rent rolls were performing better than last year, but that also had a lot to do with the stimulus and the checks that um, uh, people were getting. So um, it was a bit um, it was a bit opaque because um, you know we, we weren't certain that. Um, uh, you know, if, if these uh, certain people could keep their um, keep their income, um, uh, if the stimulus stop and, and hasn't yet, um, as you know, the, the Fed have Feds have um, continued to um, they haven't they haven't the Democrats and the Republicans haven't finalized yet uh, come up with a plan yet, but they're still the checks are still being sent out. So. Um, uh, this is a bit of unknown, but definitely what we're focusing now is the tenant occupation demographics. So um, uh, any of the areas we're in, and if the, uh, the, the tenants in that area have an employment in, in uh, tourism and airline industry, the airports, so those are the areas we're, we're staying away from and we're focusing more again in the healthcare industry, uh, in, in other uh, up and coming industries, industrial industries and what have you. So. Uh, that's kind of the, the discussion we've been having with, with our uh, investors in regards to what are we looking at and that there is a chance for an opportunity, even though uh, it's a situation where uh, an unprecedented, unprecedented uh, situation has happened now, but there is definitely opportunities in this situation as well. What types of assets do you like as far as the size and you know, class A, B, C, value adds. Uh, do you have a, a sweet spot that you operate in? Definitely, yeah. We're, we're looking currently, so in Texas and in Arizona, they're a bit different, but if I can give you um, kind of a high level, is 200 plus unit uh, garden style apartment communities. We look for C-class assets in B-class neighborhood to allow us the value add component um, uh, any of you know uh, low occupancies, we go in there, uh, you know, increase the occupancy, um, renovate, um, you know, make renovations to the units that are unoccupied, and uh, we don't necessarily increase rents. But on the units that were unoccupied, after we do the uh, renovations that our our, our team um, uh, conducts, we we do uh, the new rents will be higher because they have. Um, uh, more, um, you know, they're newly renovated units, uh, they have certain uh, appliances upgrades and what have you. Um, and at, at other times there's also um, restructuring of management, um, um, you know, the rebranding. Um, so 
different creative um, enhancements we, we do to the asset to increase the value and eventually to um, be able to, to increase rents, not on it, not again, not on existing tenants, but um, on units that have been vacated and uh, upgraded. Gotcha. The, uh, the value add strategy kind of makes sense. You mentioned your time frame of three to five years. Um, as opposed to, I know a lot of people operate around the seven-year mark, sometimes even longer. Um, value add allows you to kind of move that timetable up because you've made a lot of that money, you know, in, in that first handful of years. Can you talk a little bit about exit strategies, like what you what you plan for and kind of what you uh, would mark for as far as contingencies? No, absolutely. Um, so as far as uh, the three to five years, again, we, we try to do it sooner than even three to five years, in some cases, 18 months. But we like to, um, um, un, uh, like to under-promise and over-deliver. Um, so kind of a, the five years is our maximum um, time that we want to be involved in an asset. Um, and uh, um, so, yeah, as far as the contingency, I mean, it's uh, the, uh, my background is in construction and development. There always needs to be a a contingency in place, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, things as unknown that could happen. So we have contingency on the, uh, in place for the rental, for the construction, for the value add portion uh, to make sure that uh, the risks are made, uh, they're mitigated and made lower. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, any other nuances that we, we didn't talk about as far as advice you'd give to a passive investor if, uh, or someone, US or, or Canadian, um, if someone is looking to be a passive investor, what kind of advice would you give? What, what do you think would make them uh, a good fit for what you guys do? Great question, great question. I mean, uh, we are currently working on a course. Uh, it's uh, to focus on the exact question that you, you asked is about assisting passive investors in making the right decision when they want to get involved in this concept of syndication or investing passively. Um, and uh, so the advice we give is just, just to basically have the basic fundamentals and understanding of how the system works uh, legally on the taxation, on, on ownership side, um, you know, this concept of limited partnership. In most, case, most cases, we create a limited partnership which owns the asset. And um, uh, just that concept itself is difficult to understand because a limited partnership is not a corporation, uh, but it's, a, uh, it's an agreement between a general partner and a limited partner. So the entity itself owns the asset rather than one person, us owning it or the investor owning it. We all own the asset. Um, so so it, yeah, definitely the education part is very important. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, the, the team you want to partner with, um, I mean, if you go by the fundamentals of know, like, and trust. So, uh, when an investor is looking to invest with a sponsor, make sure you know them, make sure you like them and make sure you trust them. Um, and that just comes from, uh, you know, the team being transparent, having a track record, uh, being very open to, uh, dialogue and communications. And uh, especially having Ava Vanasaki on the team that's just the cherry <laughs> on top. <laughs> Ava, as you're walking someone through the process, um, you know, from the time they meet you and start talking and um, 
they're on board with the concept. Can you just kind of walk us through what that looks like in a hypothetical investor situation from A to Z? From A to Z, of mm -hmm. course, yeah. So we, we have really great systems in place um, where there's constant communication uh, with the investors. Um, they're always, of course, uh, well taken care of and always on top of our mind. Um, as far as when it comes to, we have a beautiful um, CRM that we use called HubSpot. Uh, that is, we have really great systems in place there where we can always have clear communication with the investors and just keeping them happy, always have questions answered, always have them being informed and excited about what's happening um, from a day to day. Yeah, and if I could add a couple of things. So, so, we, so in Canada and the US is a bit different. So in Canada, we work with um, um, licensed individual called EMDs, exam market dealers. Um, they're licensed through the Securities Commission to assist in raising money. Uh, raising capital. Um, not all of our capital comes from EMBs, but a, a portion does. Um, so triaging the investors is the, uh, you know, is the first legal step that we take to find out if the investor is accredited or uh, not accredited. And um, we use our EMBs platform uh, for the investors to, to, to go into and to have the deal offering presented to them. Um, so it's, um, it, it's pretty, it, interesting and pretty exciting um, systems we have. We also work with, with um, investor originators in the US, which um, partner with us and bring on investors to our deals. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, it, it sounds pretty complicated and it is, but we try to um, simplify it. We, we try to simplify it as much as we can, especially for our Canadian investors. And, and, and for us being based in Canada and being uh, just a phone call away at any time, um, makes things much more comfortable for Canadian investors to uh, to work directly with us, knowing that we're you know we're a Canadian team, we're governed by Canadian laws and of course U.S. laws as well. But um, it, it it gives that extra layer of comfort to our investors. But um, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a bit more if I could add. Very good. Uh, you guys have a lot of educational materials. Is there anything else as far as I don't know, books, podcasts, any other resources you would point someone to? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this ecosystem of apartment syndication is definitely growing. Um, uh, when I uh, got involved in it uh, a couple of years ago, just over two years ago, uh, initially I never even heard of the term syndication, even though I was syndicating deals for a decade prior to that, there were development construction deals, not value-add multifamily, multi-tenanted deals. But as I get, got into the, uh, the, the process, I realized that, uh, yeah, there is a, a vast uh, ecosystem. I mean, there's great books to read, uh, best ever um, apartment syndication book uh, by Joe Fairless. Okay. Um, there is, um, there's great content on YouTube if you just uh, uh, um, Google the word um, or, or search the word apartment syndication on YouTube. You have lots of great videos. My mentor, Dan Hanford with the Multifamily Investor Nation has great content that he up, uh, updates all the time. Uh, we also have a um, meetup group here in Vancouver um, that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a great networking and educational uh, platform for people to come on and learn more if they're active, passive investor, if they uh, have aspirations to become a 
uh, a syndicator themselves. So, th so there's uh, there's a lot of content out there. And as, as we mentioned about the course that Stay we're, tuned for our academy. It's going to be really, yeah, really informative. The, the academy is, is currently operating with yeah. our uh, monthly um, uh, web, educational webinar, which is on YouTube and gets sent out to our investors and our network but the but the course itself is going to be a um a a, a course where box box the investor uh, it's very much investor focused where most courses out there are uh the sponsor focused uh, of how to become a sponsor rather than how to uh what should a passive investor look for so that course is something that um uh, your listeners and viewers should definitely look for and uh, yeah a lot of great information out there Excellent. So how do we find out uh, more about CPI or, or if someone wants to get in touch with you, how do we do that? Absolutely. Just go on the CPI website. Both, both of our contacts are there at CanadianPassiveInvesting.com. Um, the link to our newsletter is there. You can sign up and get our information. The link to the CPI Academy um, is, is on there as well. Uh, you could um, uh, sign up to, uh, to our uh, Academy information. So yeah, keep in touch with us. If you have any questions, we'd be more, ha more than happy to answer those. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, CanadianPassiveInvesting.com. <laughs> Excellent. August, Ava, thank you so much. This has been great. It was hey, a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, it was thank, a pleasure. You so thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Skyline Views with Chris Mills. We hope you found this valuable and useful feel free to share it with friends or family that could benefit as well. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We really appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us through thehaneycompany.com. See you next time. The information provided in this episode is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Skyline Views, The Haney Company, their employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are advised to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant for the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Christopher Mills is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated. Coastal Equities Incorporated is not affiliated with the Haney Company or Skyline Views. Securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801.